Young, back to throw. In trouble, he's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away again, to the 35, cuts back at the 30, to the 20, the 50, the 10. He dies, touchdown, 49ers. What's up, 49ers fans? It is Zane Naffy with Al Sacco with another episode of the 49ers Web Zone Know How to Podcast. And Al, man, it's been a crazy week so far. Like, you've got the Seahawks imploding, you've got the Rams retooling, you've got the 49ers linked to a bunch of people. I, I can't remember a free agency period that started off like this. That it was just, it's just fun. It's just fun to watch. I've been refreshing my Twitter like every, every 10 <laughs> seconds for like the last two days. It's been awesome. It's a lot of fun, and I can't wait to see what direction this team goes in. And they made a big move, obviously, with extending Marquise Goodwin, mm-hmm. which tells you a lot about their wide receiver position. You know, they really feel like like he's someone to count on moving forward. And like you said, there's there's a they're linked to a lot of people right now. There's a lot of smoke around Allen Robinson to the 49ers. Uh, what are they going to do at cornerback? Because like you said, the Rams are making these moves now. They're bringing in Aqib Tlaib. They brought in Marcus Peters. Are the Niners going to feel like they have to respond, or do the Niners still feel like they're kind of rebuilding and they're not quite there yet? It's it's going to be really interesting to see how they feel this offseason should go because it'll tell us a lot about where they think they are as a team. Yeah, it's it's really really interesting to see the fact that all this movement is happening within the division. Like I feel like the Rams did what they did specifically, and I'm not saying this because I'm trying to be a homer or anything. I'm just saying this because it's a matter of fact. I feel like. I feel like the Rams did what they did in bringing in Peters and and Akeem Tlaib because of Jimmy Garoppolo. I really do. Like I feel like they know that Kyle, a Kyle Shanahan offense will absolutely steamroll them unless they have players on defense, specifically that corner. Like the first game, Kyle Shanahan had Brian Hoyer at quarterback. The 49ers put 39 points on the Rams. And that game, they weren't setting anybody out. That was That was the middle of the season. That was the beginning of the season. And people could say the last game of the season when Jimmy Garoppolo played, yeah, the Rams sat a bunch of guys out, this and that. But the truth of the matter is Kyle Shanahan's offense put up almost 80 points on Sean McVay's defense. And I think that that's a big red flag for Sean McVay. And that's why he probably did what he did and and Les Snead did what he did to bring these guys in. I certainly think that's a big part of it. I also think Rams are thinking big picture, though, and they see what Philadelphia did in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl, moving the ball up and down the field. So I definitely believe that Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers are part of that plan in the division. They, they see what Garoppolo is capable of, but I, I do think it's big picture as well. And like I said, we'll see how the 49ers respond. And you know who I would love to ask about what's going to happen and, and talk about the combine and free agency with? I'd love to, would you want to talk to Matt Barrows about this? Absolutely. Maddie's Matty's awesome. He's one of the best. Yeah, if we could talk to Matt Barrows about this, I think fans would love it. It would be a good conversation. So Zane, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's talk to Matty Barrows. Our guest has just returned from the NFL scouting combine, and I'm sure he's getting ready for the craziness of free agency. From the Sacramento Bee, he is none other than Matt Barrows. Matt, thanks for being here. And how are you feeling from, uh, you have any jet lag or from the time change or anything like that? Yeah, I've got a little extra belly fat because um, <laughs> apparently the only uh, meal to be had in Indianapolis involves steak. Um, so the four basic food groups are steak and um, beef, and um, a couple of other uh, meat products in, in Indianapolis. And so your body, re- uh, you know, um, feels the effects of that after uh, four or five days of it. And working the combine, though, it, it just seems like it would really be a fun opportunity. I wondered if you could take us through what the days were like for you there so our listeners can get an idea of, of what it's like to cover an event like that. 
Yeah, it, it, it is um, an event. It really is. I mean, everybody in the NFL is there. Um, you know, the GMs, the coaches, uh, all of the agents, it's, uh, you know, all of the media, it, it's a who's who of, uh, of the NFL. And, and of course, you know, it's, it's almost secondary at this point that all of the, uh, the draft prospects, the top draft prospects are there. Um, and, and Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch touched on this a couple of times. They were there ostensibly to look at these, uh, these college players, but, uh, really it was, um, you know, the, the first foray into, into free agency. And we're starting to see that we're, we're in this, this pre-agency stage where you're seeing these trades and guys being cut. And, um, all of this was, uh, you know, sort of prepared for in, in the recent week in Indianapolis when everybody was there and talking to the agents and mm-hmm. basically preparing for the beginning of free agency, uh, which starts on Wednesday. Maddie, we definitely want to get to all the free agency talk, and there's been a ton of transactions, and and we will get to that. But before we do, I got to ask you: Were there who were the players that stuck out to you at the combine? It doesn't really have to be 49ers related, but who were some names that stuck out to you when you're at the combine? Well, uh, there were a lot. I mean, um, I'm looking at it. I'm trying to look at it through the lens of you know who are the 49ers going to like, and um, so I watched uh, you know the defensive ends and sort of pass rush linebackers, if you will, pretty closely. And I thought that, um, you know, uh, Chubb, of course, Bradley Chubb from NC State stood out. He, he's probably going to be out of the, the 49ers' reach. But I thought this guy, Marcus Davenport, um, I, I really think that he's a possibility at number nine. Uh, he's going to be raw, but, uh, you know, he, he shows all the signs of being – a really good pass rusher. He looked good. Harold Landry from Boston College looked good. Mm-hmm. I thought that the uh, Ohio State guy, Hubbard, Sam Hubbard, looked really smooth. Uh, maybe not, you know, as big and as explosive as some of these other guys, but just uh, sort of a well-rounded guy. Um, I'm, I'm I'm just kind of curious to, to to see how the 49ers eventually. Uh, assess that group and and who they might take because it's become clear that if you want a top pass rusher you, you can't uh you can't find him in free agency anymore it's mm-hmm. got to be somebody that you draft or you know draft in the mid rounds and develop but uh, I think it'll be fun to see who the 49ers pick out of this draft class when all is said and done and obviously the big story of the combine was Shaquem Griffin and and his performance and he kind of stole the show uh, in a, in a, an event full of great athletes. He, he was, was amazing. Did you happen to like see that in person and, and see the reaction? I did not. I was uh, on my way back when that happened. Um, you know, I, I certainly saw the replays of it and, uh, it, it's fantastic because this was a guy who, um, you know, when, when the senior bowl was happening in, uh, in January, he didn't even have a, a combine invite at that time. So he was one of these, the last guys to be invited to Indianapolis. And like you said, he stole the show, uh, probably made himself a lot of money and was a sort of a, a ratings boon, I would imagine for the NFL network, the, the very league that is, is running the combine. So, uh, I'm sure they're they're patting themselves on the back for eventually um, inviting uh, Griffin to Indianapolis, but uh, it's just a, just a fantastic story. And you know, your mind uh, you know starts to think, okay, if the 49ers got him, what what would he play? And uh, I imagine that he would be you know a special teamer and a uh, a will linebacker. And I wonder whether they'd even see him as a potential strong safety, somebody that could. 
kind of fill in if, if uh, a Joukowsky tart got hurt or something like that. But um, just a great story. Obviously, from everything you read about him and everything he says, just a uh, fantastic guy. And uh, I'm sure he'd love to join the 49ers and be in the same division as his brother up in Seattle. And Matt, you mentioned some of the pass rushers that could be available at nine who the Niners might consider. But if they don't go that route, do you think a Roquan Smith or, or a Tremaine Edmonds would be someone they'd consider? Who, who else do you think might be an option there at number nine? Yeah, um, especially Tremaine Edmonds, just because of his versatility. Uh, you don't necessarily have to pigeonhole him into one spot, although I'm sure they would want him to you know, concentrate on one spot uh, his rookie season. But he's a guy that's got, you know, the size and the length, certainly to be a, a strong side uh, linebacker, what uh, Eli Harrell played most of last year. Or maybe even, you know, if he continues to put on weight and concentrates on it, um, be that uh, right defensive end, that Leo defensive end that this team's been looking for for some time. So he jumps out. Um, you know, Smith, I think, is uh, a will linebacker only uh, in this league. I mean, he's he's fast. He uh, he's exactly what you know the the 49ers scheme calls for from that position. Um, you know, able to you know drop into coverage and cover uh, you know uh, tight ends and, and running backs in the flat and, and everything that it has to do. My only question is, uh, you know, you just uh, drafted. Ruben Foster last year, you paid a lot of money to Malcolm Smith. Um, I just wonder whether it's a a position that the 49ers are going to try to tackle. Uh, Edmonds makes a little bit more sense to me because of what I just said. I mean, you could start him out at at strong side linebacker. He'd be a great strong side linebacker in this system. Now, Matt, we're going to get to the exciting stuff. Obviously, the combine and a lot of stuff is exciting, but with the last, what's happened in this past week, or so with free agency and all the trades and everything. Like, can you remember a time working the 49ers that there's been more excitement? I mean, it's, it seems like the, the buzz around here is crazy. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. I mean, uh, after the, the 49ers went to the NFC Championship game in 2011 and lost to the Giants in overtime, uh, you know, the, the excitement level was huge in 2012 and, and in 2013. So, uh, I don't think it's quite that level. Uh, I, I hope I hope that expectations aren't that high. I know that <laughs> Kyle Shanahan hopes that expectations aren't uh, nearly that high. They were only six and ten. They reminded us of that fact several times in Indianapolis. Uh, but uh, yeah, when you when you win your your you know win out in December, you've got um, the longest winning streak of of any team, including the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, going into the off season. Uh, I think it's only natural that expectations are are going to grow and they're going to get even bigger after free agency and they're going to get even bigger after the draft. So uh, this is the annual cycle in the NFL. Uh, such a, a long off season, such a long time for expectations to, to grow and get out of hand. And I really think that's going to be something that Kyle Shanahan needs to um, you know, uh, focus on uh, coming into, you know, the off season and, and make sure that people's heads are are in the right places. He can't do anything about the fans, or he can't do much about it. But um, you know, I, I think that that's going to be one of his tasks when uh, you know the season begins. <coughs> excuse me, in earnest. Well, you, don't worry about the hype train. Al and I are going to be the conductors on that hype train. We'll be driving this thing all around the country all season long. So Great. I think that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think that uh, that that'll it'll be a good thing. But speaking of expectations, Marquise Goodwin was just signed. Can we expect his role to diminish a little bit when Pierre Garcon comes back and with the possible addition of a free agent or drafted wide receiver? Yeah, I don't know if the uh, you know the numbers are going to be the, the way that they were in that last month when he was basically their their top and and only target, but. I mean, uh, you can also reason that you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have a full offseason in this offense. He's going to have a full offseason with Goodwin, with Garcon, and with Trent Taylor. And, you know, you can, you can reason that, uh, um, that, that uh, Goodwin only really took off, you know, in mid to late November. Mm-hmm. So basically he had a month and a, and a couple of weeks where he was, you know, at his peak. So um, yeah, you know, I, I would think that a thousand yards is a uh, is a reasonable uh, milestone for him, and it would be his first a thousand yard season. Of course, he was you know nearing that uh, in that L.A. Rams game when he took that that vicious hit, uncalled for hit. So uh, I'm sure that's a mark that he would like to make. Uh, you know, I, I'm sh- I'm also sure that Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, Kyle Shanahan are, are very eager to see. How uh, Garoppolo works with uh, Pierre Garcon, I think that's going to be a, a nice compliment as well. Um, you know, all of that means that you know we, we've all been talking about Sammy Watkins or Allen Robinson or Jordan Matthews and all that. It may be that the 49ers pass altogether at that position, or or, or bring in somebody who's uh, not quite as big a name as uh, as those guys I just mentioned, uh, because of uh, the fact that you know Garcon never played with Garoppolo. And uh, he seemed to be making the uh, the Goodwin acquisition and the uh, Taylor draft pick look really smart. They they may be uh, content with what they have at that position. Matt, looking at Robinson in, in free agency, and, and there's been a lot a lot of smoke around that name. And I wonder when you look at the Niners' long term at receiver. I know they've they've upped Goodwin here for a few years, but Garcon is thirty going to be thirty two, and they have an out in that contract after this year. Do you see a scenario where maybe they do go hard after Robinson and, and see him maybe as a long term option to take over for Gar- Garcon after this year? Yeah, I mean that would be hard. I mean, I, I think that would mean that they would you know have to you know outbid everybody else. And um, that's a very high salary for somebody who's coming off an ACL. And I, mm. I really don't know how that works in free agency, whether, you know, the agent talks to them, um, you know, how they, they ascertain exactly the health of that knee. Uh, you know, from all accounts, uh, Robinson's doing really well with it and uh, is uh, the proverbial ahead of schedule patient with it. But it's still a risk. I mean, and if any... Uh, team or medical staff knows that ACLs are no joke. It's got to be the 49ers. So I, I, I have a hard time seeing them uh, going top of the, the heap for an Allen Robinson, given that. I mean, uh, he's young, uh, he's tall, he's everything that they want. The the ACL, to me, is, is a big deal and uh, might be what uh, ultimately scuttles a, uh, a long-term deal in San Francisco. So do you feel like they may go after one of those second-tier wide receivers like a Dante Moncrief or Jordan Matthews or Paul Richardson? Yeah, to me, that, that seems more the, uh, the style. And, and remember that um, Kyle Shanahan loves speed. And mm-hmm. uh, they've, they've got Aldrich Robinson and they've got uh, Marquise Goodwin. Uh, but I, I just wonder whether, you know, if, if we get into free agency and it's a few days in and... 
uh, somebody like John Brown or Paul Richardson or Dante Moncrief is still there, whether those guys would appeal. Moncrief, you know, on paper, seems like the perfect candidate. He's 6'2", something like 220 pounds. I forget what he ran his 40 in um, four years ago, but I remember it was fast. I remember we were talking about him as a possibility to the 49ers. So um, he sort of fits that Marquise Goodwin uh, mold from last year. He's sort of an untapped potential type of guy, and and he's still very young. I want to say he's he's 24, just like Sammy Watkins and and Allen Robinson are. So, um, you know, from from that uh, standpoint, it would make a lot of sense, and uh, that might be a, a very smart uh, pick up in, in somebody that uh, could, you know, learn from Garcon for a year, maybe two years, and then sort of take over that role once uh, Pierre Garcon moves on. Talking about Barrows of the Sacramento Bee and Maddie Tremaine Johnson and Malcolm Butler on the other side of the ball have been linked. Cornerback is a is a big need. Do you see either of those guys ending up in a 49ers uniform? Yeah, I think that's going to be the main target for this team going into free agency. I think the the plan is. To- Bring in a uh, a veteran cornerback and then basically pair him, not pair him, but um, also draft a cornerback at some point in the draft, maybe in the, in the third round, just like you did Akella Witherspoon last year, and then, you know, uh, hope that that, cor- that veteran cornerback helps groom the, uh, the younger guys. And, uh, you know, to me... Just watching what they did at that position last year, everybody that they brought in, either drafted or brought in as a as a free agent or signed to their practice squad, wasn't just six feet, wasn't just six one, but was taller than six one. So mm-hmm. there's obviously a type that they're looking for, and it's a tall, long armed guy. I mean, they were looking at uh, a trade for Akib Talib, who fits that mold. Richard Sherman might be available. He obviously fits that mold. He's the archetype for that position. So that would be the you know the thing for me to look at. I mean, who, who's the the guy who's over six one? Who's the guy with the long arms? Um, and uh, you know, there there are a couple of uh, players on the on the free agent market. It's it's again, it's another deep free agent class uh, who fit that mold. So uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, I wonder whether. Uh, Tremaine will be somebody that, you know, they, uh, they, they go after or they just let other teams, uh, outbid each other for him. Um, again, I think it'll be something where the 49ers wait a little bit, but that's going to be one of the first positions that they bring in. Now you mentioned Richard Sherman and that's one of the guys that I had a crazy hot take where I thought the 49ers should sign Richard Sherman if he's released by the Seahawks. And I was promptly called insane by a lot of people. So I need you to kind of walk me off the edge, if you will, and if if that's something that you agree with, or if is that something that you know is it's just totally out of left field and it won't happen? No, I'm going to walk you back to the edge. I mean, <laughs> like I said, I mean, if you're if you're drawing up the uh, the prototype um, cornerback for the system, it's 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 Richard Sherman, mm-hmm. um, and that's been that made clear over his career now. The uh, the Achilles injury complicates things. Uh, although I did read today, uh, somebody in Seattle wrote that you know uh, Sherman you know sort of scoffed at the notion that both of his Achilles heels were needed repair in the off season. He said that that one of them was an Achilles, the other was a bone spur issue on his heel. So it was in that vicinity, but not having to do with with the tendon. So that might um, you know ameliorate people's concerns a little bit. 
um, you know, he's got a certain personality too. So uh, that seems to be paramount for Kyle Shanahan and uh, and John Lynch is bringing in guys who you know fit the fit what they've got going on. They've got a good thing going. They don't want to upset the atmosphere that they cultivated last year. And uh, the question would be, would a Richard Sherman do that? And, and I think that's a, that's a big risk. I mean, that's something that you would have to talk long and hard about, whether somebody who's about to turn 30, I think he turns 30 later this month, who's used to being the guy, who's used to, used to having a huge voice, um, whether he's going to be the right guy for your locker room, especially if he starts to sort of diminish over the last few years of his career. Um, what does he do then? I mean, is, is that okay with him? Does he try to, you know, do something, say something that keeps him in the spotlight like he's used to? Uh, how would he um, basically handle that situation? So that's something that you're, you're starting to get into the psychology of the guy. And, um, you know, I'm sure Salah has a good, uh, as good a grasp of that as, uh, as anybody in the 49ers organization um, but, um, you know, those are all, those are all the questions that they're asking about all of these guys, uh, as we, uh, as we approach Wednesday and the start of free agency. Matt, the position that's probably the biggest mystery to me right now is running back because you look at who they have and, and Matt Breida did, did well in a limited role last year, but we don't, we don't know what Joe Williams is and, and we have no idea if Carlos Hyde is coming back. How do you see this playing out? Are they going to bring a veteran in? Are they going to go with a rookie at running back? Who's going to be in the backfield next year for this team? Yeah, I still think, um, you know, I was telling people whenever I was asked this, you know, what are the chances that Carlos Hyde comes back? And I would say it's, it's 50-50. And I, and I, I realize that sounds wishy-washy. Um, but uh, I, I do think that they are holding out hope or at least holding out the possibility that Carlos Hyde comes back, that he, he finds the market softer than he thought he would. And, um, you know, because he, he did prove that he could operate and operate well in this system. And he's a hard runner and is a good compliment for, you know, Matt Breida or any, anyone else that you kind of see as a, as a third down change of pace type of, of back. Carlos Hyde is an every down back. And I, and I think he's really the only one or the best one uh, who's going to be available in free agency. And, Sort of therein lies the rub. I mean, what's the market like for that position now? It's been going down and down. It seems even softer than it was last year, and it was really soft in 2017. Um, and and you've got uh, a, a really good class of uh, of draftable running backs coming up. So um, basically, I I don't know what's going to happen. I think that they would bring in a veteran. Um, you know, whether it's a, a Tim Hightower type, you know, a guy that we're just not talking about uh, at this moment. Uh, but you say, oh, okay, he could, you know, basically be a, a complement part of the, uh, the running back rotation if he were on the team. Um, you know, th- there's some names, Jarek McKinnon, he's, he's been an every down, down back at times in his career when Adrian Peterson got hurt. Uh, Isaiah Crowell. Um, you know, some some other guys might be possibilities as well. But uh, again, like cornerback, it, it seems deep in the draft, and it seems like that's a perfect position to use a early to mid mid round pick on. And and I think the Forty Nine ers will do uh, exactly that. 
Now, Matt, the rest of the NFC's the NFC West is kind of in a transition mode right now. Seattle's lost a bunch of key players on both sides of the ball, and the Rams have been doing some reshuffling, most notably the the Aqib Talib trade after the Marcus Peters trade. Do you get the feeling that the 49ers realize that the, with that transition in the division, their chance to strike is is now? No, I, I don't think that they, they feel that way. I, I, I feel like they're still in rebuilding mode. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, John Lynch has used this very creative <laughs> expression, um, prudently aggressive. Um, and it sort of you know covers his butt both ways. Um, if if they go after somebody, they're being aggressive. If they're very if they're quieter than we think in free agency, they're being prudent. My sense coming out of Indianapolis is that they're going to be a little bit more cautious than maybe we think they are. Uh, you know, everybody's linking them to Sammy Watkins and to Tremaine Johnson and to you know some some other folks, Deion Lewis. Um, I don't think they're going to be that aggressive. They're, they're, I think they're going to be a few guys. It's not going to be as as long on numbers, uh, certainly as last year's free agency class when they were really trying to sort of uh, uh, reset the roster. Um, but uh, I, I, I keep saying it'll be interesting. I mean, we're learning more about these two guys who are at the top of the uh, the organization every every year. Uh, but my my sense, my prediction is that it's just going to be a little bit quieter. Than, uh, than perhaps we're uh, prepared for. Well, I'm sure it'll still be crazy for you keeping tabs on everything that, that the 49ers are doing. So get some rest. We can't wait uh, to read what you have to say about all this. And thank you so much for the time, Matt. All right. Anytime, guys. Talk to you soon. Appreciate Thanks, it. Matt. Thanks again to Matt Barrow. It's just always an awesome conversation, Zane, when he's on, isn't it? It is. And I believe we've had him on. This is the third time, right? We've had him on. So he actually leads the field in times on the show. And man, oh, I love him. He's our first, yeah. He's yeah, our first three time guest, right? Yep. Yep. I would love to have him on every week if we could, you know, if schedules and all that stuff worked out. But, but uh, he's always, always a great interview. And one of the things I want, I want to touch on that we mentioned with, with Matt was, was the Goodwin extension. And I, w- I was really glad to see that they did this. And I, I kind of wondered what was going on with him because. He had done so well towards the end of last year, and he was going walking into the last year of his deal. And I wondered, listen, what are the Niners going to do? Because you don't really want to go into the season not knowing where he's going. Because if he blows up, then you got you know you got to kind of pay him a ton of money. And I thought he paid well enough that they should have kept him in the fold. And I, I was glad to see that they did. They signed him to a three-year, uh, twenty million dollar deal with ten million dollars guaranteed. And when you look at what Goodwin had done previously to coming here, now. Four years in Buffalo, he had 49 catches, 780 yards, and six touchdowns. That's in four seasons. Just this year alone with the Niners, he had 56 receptions, 962 yards, and, and two touchdowns. And he was definitely a disappointment in Buffalo, but believe what you saw is he had this Kyle Shanahan saw that he had the skill set to flourish in his system. And he went out and he got a player that he thought could fit in the system who hadn't done it yet. And it, and it worked. You know, and, and that says a lot about Kyle and, and, and him knowing the kind of players that he wants. And I was on the conference call today with Goodwin, and he, he, you could tell he's really happy to be here. And he, he talked about how the way Kyle Shanahan's offense is designed so everyone can contribute. And he said when he signed with the Niners, he was very confident that Kyle would put him in a, in a situation to, to succeed. And also had a lot of good things to say about Jed York in terms of just how he deals with the players, looks looks players in the eye and things like that. So it's really cool to hear that. And it just seems like now, yeah, he's going to be a big part of this team moving forward. 
I tweeted out earlier that Marquise Gooden really flourished as a receiver, especially towards the end of the season where he was able to run the entire route tree. He wasn't just running the nine route. He wasn't just being a speed guy. He was, he was running the slants and he was taking catching passes over the middle and he was catching jump balls. And he really became kind of a security blanket for Jimmy Garoppolo, which is, which is huge. And I think that he absolutely earned the extension. I was, I was wanting to extend him right after the season or, or as the season was going on. So that in itself, like I, I, I love the deal. I love the fact that he's going to be with the Niners for, for a while. And, and obviously, as you said, he, he's thrilled to be here. He didn't want to leave. He has a good, he, he, he built good chemistry with Jimmy Garoppolo. And it looks like from all intents and purposes that he's going to be a starter for, for years to come with Pierre Garcon kind of aging and being on the last year of his deal or being able to get out of his contract after this year and no real option behind them besides Trent Taylor, I, I really feel like Marquise Goodwin could be a, a featured part of this offense given his skill set. And you mentioned a couple things there that are interesting to me because there's been a lot of smoke like we said around Allen Robinson. And I actually received some information that the Niners were very interested in Allen Robinson about a week and a half, two weeks ago. And and I know Matt and listen, Matt Barrows knows a hell of a lot more than I do. And it, it seems like Matt was kind of lukewarm on the, on the idea that the Niners might really pursue him. And, and, and listen, Matt may be 110% right. I just wonder about the Robinson thing because I think if he's healthy, he could be a number one legitimate receiver. And I look at it like this. Garcon's going to be 32 years old and he has an out in his contract after this season. You have Goodwin signed for the next three years and Trent Taylor, who looks like he's going to be a nice receiver, but we don't know. You know, he was a rookie at a nice rookie year, but we'll see. Feel like they, you know, with them having so much cap room this year, they still could bring in Robinson have the four of them play together this year. And then next year they move on from Garcon and, and Robinson completely takes over that, that number one role. You say, Oh, well, why are you so high on Robinson? Well, one thing the 49ers don't have is a big sort of touchdown guy catching the football. And if you look at Garcon and Goodwin it is as good receivers as they are. And, and they catch balls and everything like that. They only have 20 touchdown catches in their last 99 games, 20 combined. Hmm. That is not a lot of touchdowns at all. And last year, what did they have? They had two combined. So these aren't guys that that catch a ton of touchdown passes. Allen Robinson had 20 touchdowns in 2015 and 2016 alone. He was a target monster those two years. He had 151 targets in each of those years. Now, 2015, he obviously blew up. He had 80 catches, 1,400 yards, 14 touchdowns. And I know a lot of that was in garbage time. But listen, if you look at the Niners, they've had a lot of chances at garbage time stats too when they haven't gotten those over the last 15 years. In his second, second, the next year, 2016, his numbers did dip. He had the same amount of targets, but he only had 73 receptions, and he had over 500 less yards. He had eight less touchdowns, and obviously Blake Bortles had a lot to do with that too. But I still think if he's healthy, what Robinson does is he gives you just this number one target that the Niners haven't had in a long time. And ultimately, it's up to Kyle Shanahan. It's, all to, it's up to what Kyle Shanahan thinks his offense needs and how enamored he is with, with Allen Robinson. But I think they are going to be interested in him. Do I think they're going to overpay for him? No. I think if a team like the Jets or the Bears comes out and gives them some ridiculous contract, I don't think the Niners will do that. But I think the Niners will have a certain level of interest in it, and, and I can't wait to see how it plays out. And I'm interested to hear, you, you and I haven't talked about Allen Robinson at all, so I'm interested to hear if you agree with me, you think I'm crazy. What are your thoughts on him? The ACL does scare me. Because this is, mind you, this is the same injury that Trent Balky used to love to draft. And we were always <laughs> like, oh, you got another ACL guy. And Balky would give him a hundred million. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. ACL, yeah. He would have, he'd be like, what? You want the keys to the stadium here? Go ahead. <laughs> um, but I think that that 
being said is if Allen Robinson can prove that he can produce in this offense, I, I, here's what I would do out. I would basically throw a one year prove it deal at him. I would give him a bunch of money up front because they can, they've got the cap room to do it this year. Give him a bunch of money up front. Don't necessarily get into a bidding war, but a fair amount and say that you can be a feature part of this offense. You have the best offensive mind in football and Kyle Shanahan coaching you and you have an up and coming quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the ball to you. And I guarantee you, he will be able to get you the ball. So kind of dangle that carrot in front of Allen Robinson, see what he does. And if he can produce in this offense, which I think he, he would be really good in, then you can sign him to a, a longer extension. You can sign him to a longer deal, but throwing a bunch of money at a guy like three or four years with a bunch of money guaranteed and coming off an ACL injury, it is a risk. And it's one that you have to really weigh out. Like are the 49ers just one receiver away? Are they just one player away from being a, a Super Bowl contending team or a playoff contending team? And I feel like they're not. I feel like they need more help. They need more help at, at running back. They need help at, at offensive line. They need a pass rusher. They need a corner. Like they, it's not just one receiver that they need. If it was just one guy, then I would say, hey, give Allen Robinson what he wants and and make that happen. And then you have your last piece of the puzzle. But. I think it's a risk. I think it's a risk when you try to go after a guy who's coming off a major injury and that's not the only guy that you need. So I, I, I love Allen Robinson. I loved him coming out of college in Penn State. I wanted the 49ers to draft him and they didn't. And they've got a second shot at him now. And I would love, if, I would love it if they made that move. It's not a move I would hate. But I think that the risk, it may be too big for them. I think that they may go after one of these secondary guys. And that's exactly what, what Matt was, was talking about when we asked him about it. And real quick, I, I want to touch on some of these guys. Like, I was a big fan of Dante Moncrief when he came out of Ole Miss, when he came out in the draft four years ago. I, I mm-hmm. really wanted the 49ers to draft him. Like, he, he to me, was a complete package. He, was, he had size. He had speed. He was able to make tough catches over the middle. Uh, you know, I just feel like he was, he was misused in Indianapolis. I don't feel like they, they played to his strengths. Obviously, Andrew Luck being hurt had a huge effect on that because when you don't have a quarterback that can throw you the ball, it's, it's a big deal. So, you know, just some, just some numbers for Dante Moncrief. Like he, he's never had a thousand yard season. Like that's, that's the thing that does concern me that he's the, mm-hmm. the max he's had 733 yards uh, as a career high in 20, 2015. And that year he was targeted 105 times after that. He's never been targeted more than 56 times. So in 2016, 2017, he was targeted 56 and 47 times respectively. So he's not really being targeted that much. And in those two years, he, had 30 and 26 catches and he never eclipsed more than 400 yards. So I, I really think that he's got a place in his offense because they can use him correctly. And he's not just going to be like a, like a third or fourth option. Like he was in, in, uh, in Indianapolis. And the other guy I, I really love coming out of college is Jordan Matthews. And he's, you know, six, three over 200 pounds. He's, he's that big physical receiver. And he had a few good years in Philadelphia. You know, he, he almost had a thousand yards in 2015. He came three yards short. He had 997 yards, but he, you know, he had some injury problems and he, you know, he went to Buffalo and, and he kind of didn't work out there. Uh, you know, he couldn't stay healthy and was only targeted 36 times last year. But I think he's another guy that if used properly, he could really be a force. So I think Al, like they may, if they don't get Allen Robinson and if they don't get Sammy Watkins, there's a bunch of guys that are sitting there. One guy I didn't mention was Paul Richardson from Seattle. Like he had, mm-hmm. you know, he had almost 600 yards receiving last year in that offense. So there are a bunch of guys at that second tier that they can actually go after. And, and I, and I think that they have a backup plan if they don't get one of the top tier guys. 
Who do you think the 49ers leader in touchdown reception is since 2014? Who do you think has the most touchdown receptions for the Niners since 2014? Uh, that's still on the team or just like period? Just in general. Just in general. The most touchdown catches in that period of time for the team. Oh, uh, boy. Is it? Is it Garrett? He had four touchdowns. Is it Garrett Selleck? He had four touchdowns. It is Garrett, it is Garrett Selleck. Oh, man. Since, two, <laughs> since 2014, Garrett Selleck has 10 touchdown catches and that leads the team. Wow. Bolden had nine. In the two in the two years in that span, uh, Torrey Smith had seven, Vance McDonald had seven, and Michael Crabtree, who is the fifth most with four, they've had no production in terms of catching touchdowns mm-hmm. from anybody catching the football. That's why when I see somebody like Robinson available, I'm like, you you gotta kick the tires, you gotta look at it hard, you really mm-hmm. gotta do your homework. Mm-hmm. If that knee is in good shape and you're confident about it. You know, listen, you're not going to pay him $60 million guarantee. You're not going to give him something crazy. I understand that. And the Niners don't hand out bad contracts. I'm not, I'm not even, anybody that I, I, I'm talking about the Niners signing, I'm not even worried about money because the Niners don't hand out bad contracts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whoever they sign is going to be a good team-friendly contract, and they're going to know what they're doing in terms of the cap. I, so I don't, I don't even worry about the contract in terms of the, the people that they ultimately sign. But if they do go this route with Robinson and hopefully he's healthy, I just think he's going to be such a difference maker. Can you imagine Jimmy G with a guy like that, with a receiver like that who can go up and get the ball Mm -hmm. a big, you know, just he's, he was a monster 2015. He was a monster. Right. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just the fan in me that, that wants to see that connection again, you know, have a TO obviously Jerry Rice type receiver that dominates, but I just think if he's out there, it's, I don't know if he's healthy. It, it, it's kind of too good to walk away from. And I know they have other needs, but it's not going to kill you because they have the money up front right now. And then you move on from Garcon. I mean, is a 33 Pierre Garcon in 2019? I mean, do we think he's going to make a huge impact? I don't. You know, I think he has another good year in him and he may be decent in 2019, but I, I don't think the Niners signed him envisioning him playing at 33, 34 years old. I think they figured it was a two, three year deal tops. It, it's certainly structured that way. So, you know, I, I have to feel, you know, people can say, well, they can get their number one re- receiver in 2019. Well, can they? <laughs> you know, we, we don't know mm-hmm. about the draft. We don't know who's going to be available, if there's going to be another Allen Robinson available. And listen, receivers take time to develop. So mm-hmm. if you draft a guy in 2019, oh, we love this guy. Well, how have the first round draft picks worked out recently for receivers? You know, ha- yeah. hasn't been great. Hasn't been great at all. So you don't know what you're going to get. And even if you get somebody that's good, it's going to may take him a few years and you may be, may be ready to win 10 for a Super Bowl in 2019, 2020. You don't want to wait on a guy when you can maybe already have a guy. So I don't know. That's kind of how I feel about him with that. In, in terms of Watkins to me, I think it was Watkins is all the talent in the world, but he hasn't put it together yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's had it. You were worried about injuries with Robinson. Watkins is always hurt. I know he played most of the season last year, but mm-hmm. his feet were a mess in Buffalo and, you could say, well, yeah, Jared Goff missed him on a lot of throws, and that, that's probably true. But, you know, Blake Bortles missed Allen Robinson, too. So, I don't know. But the guys you brought up and, and Matt brought up, too, you know, the Paul Richardson seems like a perfect fit for the Niners. Right. Um, Moncrief is kind of a guy, like he's kind of a guy like Goodwin, where he hasn't really done it yet. But if Kyle Shannon thinks that he can do it, you know, it could be a cheap alternative. So, it'd be really interesting to see, but it's definitely fun as well. And I know we talked about um, at the end of the last show that we were going to do mostly off- offensive free agents this show, but Zane and I are liars. So you got to deal with us. I mean, um, in, our, in our defense, in our defense, a lot's changed since then too. Right. I mean, yeah, but, we're, yeah, but you also can't believe a word that comes out of our mouths. So yeah. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, a lot has changed since then. And I think one of the things that changes we've seen with the Rams have done at corners. 
So Zane, what do you think the Niners do to respond in terms of cornerbacks? Are, are they going to try to sign a Tremaine Johnson or, or Malcolm Butler? I think they have to. Right now, the only starter on the team basically is is Akella Witherspoon. And real quick, as as a tangent, did you see what Akello tweeted earlier today after the Akib Talib trade? I did. Yeah, it was funny. It was funny. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He tweeted out that that people are scared of Jimmy. He he uh, tagged Jimmy Garoppolo in his tweet, and he's like, "People are scared of you now. Look what they're doing." Basically, that was the gist of it after the Akib Talib trade. And uh, I think it's just I think it's kind of funny because it it harkens back to what I was talking about earlier that it looks like a lot of these teams are scared of the 49ers now because they're trying to trying to equip their teams to be able to stop the 49ers offense. But it was kind of funny little uh, funny little thing that happened uh, earlier today. But as far as the, the other corners go, I think that you have to sign somebody. Like I don't think that the corners that are available in the draft are going to be, and corners another one of posi- those positions that it takes a long time to develop because the game is so different for defensive backs in the NFL. The contact is much different. The penalties are more stringent. Like they're, they, they, the referees call the game differently and you have to play the game differently when you're coming to the NFL. So the, the learning curve is much more steep for a corner than it is for, for many of the other positions. And I don't think that the 49ers are in the position to, to put another rookie out there. I think that they need a stabilizing veteran presence. And I, I think that they'll probably move Jimmy Ward back to corner. I think that's an option, but he can't really stay healthy. And I, I, I don't envision he, him being a long-term answer because he doesn't fit the mold of, the, of what Robert Sala wants in a cornerback. He wants a long, lean, athletic corner. And Jimmy Ward is 5'10". He's not, he doesn't, he's not tall enough. So I think... What they'll do is they'll go after Tremaine Johnson, who's over six feet tall. I believe he's six foot two. Uh, Malcolm Butler's a little bit on the shorter side too for for what the 49ers want, but he plays that that bump and run coverage really well that they like to play. So I, I think it's going to be Tremaine Johnson. I think that they'll probably they won't mind getting into a bidding war over him because that fills a huge need and they don't have to draft that. Because look, Al, I don't want to spoil our draft show, but if you look at the corners that are available at number nine, that will most likely be available, like Josh, Josh Jackson. Uh, Denzel Ward, maybe, uh, you know, the, these guys like Josh Jackson, he's, he's a good corner, but he doesn't, he's not physical enough. He's got the size, but he doesn't have the physicality. Denzel Ward has the physicality, but he doesn't have the size. Like he's only right. 5'10. So I don't think that they're willing to, to gamble on either, either one of those guys. They'll probably want to set that position before the draft starts. And it's probably going to be Tremaine Johnson and uh, that they're, that they're going after. And all indications of what we've heard. Uh, and this stuff is all over Twitter as well, is that it's basically going to be down to a couple teams to to bid for Tremaine Johnson. Obviously, he's not going back to the Rams. They just filled their need. And mm-hmm. there are not a lot of teams that, A, have a need at corner, and B, can afford to spend big on the corner. I think that the Raiders are one of them. The 49ers are another. The Bears just t- uh, uh, transitioned tagged Kyle Fuller, so he's staying there. So I think that's basically Tremaine Johnson will end up in the Bay Area. We'll just see whether he ends up with the 49ers or Raiders. The 49ers led the NFL in 2014 with 23 interceptions. They've had 29 since, and only 14 of those have been by cornerbacks. And in the last two years, they've had only seven interceptions by corners. And does pass rush have a lot to do with that? Sure, absolutely, absolutely. Pass rush can make mediocre cornerbacks look good. You think of 2011, 2012, when they had, you know, Terrell Brown and Carlos Rogers and Chris Culliver, you know, those guys weren't world beaters and the pass rush made them look very good at times. But still, you you do still need playmakers out there. And Tremaine Johnson, I believe it was three years ago, had seven picks in one season. And he's only had three the past couple of years combined. Um, But he is a guy who can make plays. And again, I'm getting to the point where I do trust this 
regime enough where if they're bringing guys in, you say, okay, you know, this is a system fit and I give them the benefit of the doubt with anything that they do. We're talking about the one corner that they need, whether they break the bank for a Tremaine Johnson or, or a Malcolm Butler, but they need more than one corner too. So I'm a little bit interested to see if, if they're going to go with that second or third cornerback through the draft or, or if they're going to maybe get some lesser guys too. Um, you know, what kind of a market does Sean Melvin uh, from Indianapolis have guys like that who also fit the size mold for the 49ers? Um, you know, would they go after that sort of guy? So it'd be very interesting to see what they do at cornerback and, and guard is another position that I really believe they're going to address in free agency. And, and that name that keeps sitting out there for me, Zane, just sitting. That, yeah. That's the name I keep coming back to. Norwell's going to the Giants. I think everybody needs to get that out of their head. I don't, I don't think he was ever really an option. As, as great as he is, I don't think he was ever really an option. I, as soon as I saw sitting get caught, I said, you know what? Yep. That's the guy that can slide right in and start. I, I really feel like the Niners could end up with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that would be a... a a good short-term answer, a nice bridge to the next, to the next successor at guard. Uh, we really don't know what we have in Josh Garnett. He came in, struggled as a rookie, then he got hurt and he kind of doesn't really fit what this offense is. He's more of a road grader. He's not very much of a, uh, he's, he's, his pass blocking wasn't very good coming into the league. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what, he, what he does as well, because you may need two guards. You don't know, right? Like I think that, that Sitton would definitely feel the need immediately. He's a plug and play guy. Like he's a veteran in this league. Like you can put him at left guard and not have to worry about him, but do they maybe go after another guard? Do they, uh, you know, like obviously Norwell and Pew are out there as well. Uh, I believe, um, you know, the, the, the draft is pretty deep in guards as well. They, they could find somebody at the end of the second round and, and uh, in between the second and third round picks there, there are only like, I think 15 picks. So they could possibly double up, uh, at that point as well. But I think that it's most likely going to be sitting or another, another veteran player that they'll, that they'll pick up at guard. Uh, I feel like they're not necessarily going for youth movement anymore. And something that I mentioned earlier on Twitter was that they, in reference to the, to being interested in Aqib Tlaib was that the 49ers aren't necessarily going for a youth movement anymore. Like this is, they know their windows open. They know that they can contend now. They know that, there's a limited time with this current group of players that they have. Right. So as John Lynch said, aggressively prudent, like they're going to make the moves when they need to make them, but I don't think you'll see them being reckless and start handing out a bunch of contracts to guys. They don't need. Um, that being said, guard is obviously one of the biggest needs on this team. Brandon Fusco was, you know, is a nice player. I think he's, he's a guy that can be a backup guard and, and fill in when a guy gets injured, but I don't think he's, he's starting material. I, I think that he was just starting because they literally did not have any depth there. So it'll be most likely a veteran at, at guard, I think. And I think with Fusco, too, I think if they were going to bring him back, they would have brought him back by now. It's kind of how I feel about it. You know, I don't know that he's yeah. going to have a huge market. I, f- I feel like if, if they wanted to bring him back, they would have done that. And it doesn't look like they're going to. See, I definitely think they'll, they'll go in a, in a different direction. One name that I saw mentioned, and I, I think Matt Barrows actually was, was the person who reported it, was Trey Burton, the tight end from the Eagles. Um, that the Niners again were said to be interested, and again, well, what does interested mean? Because uh, I think the the market for Burton is going to be a big one. I think he's going to get paid like starting tight end. But what kind of interests me about that is he talked, you know, about having a move a move tight end. And does Kyle Shanahan want that? I know they're developing Cole Hikatini to be that, but if he does want to move tight end, I, I know I've been talking about Jimmy Graham. I don't think they're going to go after Jimmy Graham, but do they take a flyer on a guy like Tyler Eifert on a one year deal? You know, if Shanahan's looking for that kind of player, just kind of made me 
<clears throat> excuse me, made me wonder when I saw that Burton was, they were interested in Burton. Yeah, they, they, George Kittle actually came on at the end of the year. He was actually playing really well, and he became a, a reliable target for Jimmy Garoppolo. So I'm not sure if they, they are just kicking the tires or if they're really serious about Trey Burton. I think that he's uh, obviously with Zach Ertz over in, in Philly, he, became, he becomes expendable. But I'm not sure if a tight end, if a tight end is what they need right now. Maybe they're looking to replace Selick or maybe... Obviously, the, the Logan Paulson experiment really didn't work out. They cut him, and then they brought him back again, and then you know they, they're kind of unsure now. So uh, it may just be as like a third tight end, just so Salah can kind of go back to his more comfortable position as a blocking tight end. Or maybe Kyle Shanahan is in, and John Lynch are trying to create some competition to, to bring out the best in some of these guys. Or maybe George Kittle isn't ready to take over the starting position full-time. We don't, we don't really know what's going on behind closed doors. We can only speculate. But the, the Burton interest actually was kind of, curious to me too because i i didn't i really didn't think tight end was on the radar this year yeah it was i don't and again i don't think they're going to break the bank for it i think it's one of those things where if they can get a move tight end for cheap maybe they will but the money's better off being being spent elsewhere at least in my view and running backs the the last position i wanted to talk about here and again like i said dude it is such a mystery for me i i don't know what the hell they're going to do i really i don't don't have any are they going to bring in isaiah crowell does hyde come back is there the Draft is loaded with running backs. Is there somebody they like there? Dude, I have no clue where they're going. It's really interesting to think about maybe the possibility of Carlos Hyde coming back because I don't think that there's going to be a huge market for running backs in free agency at all. No, nope. I, I think really there's good, next to zero. I think I with yeah, no way. Yeah, so I think that the big payday he's hoping for is not necessarily going to come his way. I, I saw today that Jonathan Stewart was going to visit with the Seahawks and, and uh, uh, Jonathan Stewart, like he, he was, he was a really good running back with, with Carolina. Right. So I, I don't know if, if with a guy like that on the market, like what, what Carl's Hyde's market is going to be. I, I think that there's a possibility that he could come back to the 49ers at, at what would be market market value. And he's he's 28 years old, I believe. He's he's almost 30. He's gonna be 30 in a couple of years, right? He's 28. Yeah, you wouldn't think yeah. so with Hyde, but yeah, he he came into the league. He was 24. He was older in college. So yeah, he's yeah. 28 years old. Yeah. So <laughs> in that case, yeah, it does it does definitely make a difference. And Isaiah Crowell, he's 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 younger. He's younger than Frank uh, than Frank Gore. I, I uh, read I read an article about from Peter or a quote from Peter Schrager. Uh, saying that he wanted Frank Gore to come back to the 49ers. That's kind of been on, on my I mind. I saw that. Yeah, I yeah. saw that. Well, hopefully we can ask him about that. At some yeah, point. I would love to maybe. Love maybe. Peter on the show. He's awesome. Maybe, yeah. See how that goes, but maybe. But uh, yeah, Isaiah Crowell, I think that we mentioned him about like a month and a half ago on the show, just as a guy who would possibly could come in and, and fill that role. But again, as you said, the, the the running back class is really deep and Saquon Barkley may or may not fall to the 49ers at number nine. And if he does, then you have to really think about it. I'm not huge on drafting running backs in the first round, but you really, for this guy, you really have to think about it. And you've got, um, you've got Chubb, you've got a son that are, that are really good running backs that may go later on. Dar- Darius Juice, uh, you know, he's, he's another guy. By the way, did you hear about his combine story? No, no. So Darius Juice, the, so he, he was at the combine and they asked, the, and he apparently had, was asked by an NFL team whether his mom was a prostitute and are you whether, serious yeah you yeah this is it's it's bad like i mean i can't believe they asked that so 
they asked. So that was one question. Another question he got was if he likes men. And look, I'm not. I'm not saying like anything about any of his personal choices, lifestyle, whatever. Right? Everybody can do what 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 they want and what they feel comfortable with. But to me, the combine is like a job interview. And at a job interview, you don't ask somebody those questions. Like that's kind of off limits. Like I can't what believe team asked him that. He, so he didn't say what team asked him that, oh, but wow. but this definitely happened. This has been confirmed by multiple sources that this definitely happened. And it's the NFL is looking into it, and it's a big deal. And to me, it's totally inappropriate. You can't. How are you going to ask? Like, these guys are like 21, 22 years old trying to make it in this league. Like these guys, like they've had a, like some of these guys have had like tough upbringings and some of them haven't, but regardless, like you, this is the biggest moment of your life up to this point, And you're getting these questions asked to you. Like, are you kidding me? Is your mother a prostitute? They honestly asked him that. Yeah. Yeah, wow. absolutely. So what, I, what the hell is wrong with people? Yeah, the the league has has a serious problem, and they, this stuff happened last year too. And the league said that they were going to take it seriously, but you know, you're talking about a league that doesn't take anything seriously. They care about dollar bills, right? So, this this stuff has to stop at the combine. Like this this it's crap, and it, that's exactly what it is. Is is crap, and it needs to stop. And it's ridiculous, and it has nothing to do with a guy's football ability or his ability. You know, they could come up with some BS excuse and be like, "Oh, we wanted to see what he was thinking under pressure." I mean, there's a ton of other ways to do that. You know, you don't go and ask a guy's mom if she's a if, or a guy if if his mom is a prostitute. You don't do that. Like that's, you know, it's I I heard about that and I was just like, man, are you are you kidding me? Like what? Like what is this league coming to? What is this league coming wow. to? So wow, I'd lo- I, hopefully the team comes out who actually did that. That's that's pretty crazy. Yeah. So I just wanted to throw that in there as well. That's something that, that I. That I <laughs> It's all happening. <laughs> thanks, thanks for that, Zane. Thanks for that. Yeah. All and right, so there's. Oh, go yeah. ahead, dude. Go ahead. So just to fall, just to finish up on the running back thing, there, there's a lot of guys that are that are going to be out there. You can have in later rounds, and and remember the 49ers pick really close. They have two two uh, picks in round three that are uh, very closely bunched together. So basically, the second and uh, the two third round picks that'll be within, I believe, like a, a thirty to forty pick span. So you can take you have the luxury of basically being able to take a guy there, especially if you fill your needs for free agency. Yeah, the only thing that would worry me is having inexperienced guys. Um, if you go with the rookies and with Breida and Williams or that sort of thing, but you know if the talent's there, uh, you know I, again I trust I trust what Kyle's going to do, and I almost wonder sometimes if the 49ers don't have a ton of value on the running back position. You know what I mean? Like if they feel like they can get by with just kind of what the type of guy they're looking for, rather than maybe someone you would consider a really good back. You, do you know what I mean by that? That they can just kind of piecemeal it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, and the, uh, Bobby Turner, um, I, I called him Tim Lewis last time, uh, oh, but yeah, he's, he did call him. <laughs> yeah, so but Bobby Turner, the running backs coach, uh, he has a great track record. He was, he was Mike Shanahan's running backs coach in Denver. And he's, they, this was around the time when they had Orlando's Gary and Mike Anderson and Peyton Hillis and, and Terrell Davis. And they were pumping out like one, thousand yard running back after another and guys that you had never heard of so his track record is pretty solid and he was he was in atlanta uh two years ago when they had tevin coleman and uh Devontae freeman have the breakout years too so uh, i think that they don't they realize that they don't need like a first round running back to get the job done they just need a guy who fits the system and interestingly enough like when kyle shanahan was asked about guys fitting his system he says he wants the right guys for the system it's not necessarily whether guys like like big and tall he was he was talking in reference to wide receivers but he said the tallest guy is not the best guy. It's the guy that fits your system that's the best guy. 
because he has to be able to do more than just be tall. He has to be able to be able to uh, run the entire route tree and, and block and all of those other things. So I feel like that's the, the, the mantra that they're going with building this roster is that they're going to, they're going to find system guys. What did you, who'd you call Marquise Goodwin when we first started the show? Stefan Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore. Gil- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna, yeah but, I mean, Mar- now that he signed his deal, obviously, you know, he can have his name back. Right. Like, no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. But I wonder if we go back and ever listen to our first shows. We probably sucked. Right. When we first started. <laughs> probably. I mean, right. I, I have a feeling that people like people still listen to our show and some people are just, like, we still suck. suck yeah. <laughs> I, I read some of the stuff that I wrote when I first started writing and it was awful. I don't know why David ever even let me write for him. Like some of the stuff that I first wrote, like sometimes I'll go back and look at it. And I'm like, dude, like this is bad, really bad. So I don't know. I guess you just get better through repetition, but I don't That's know, man, it was ugly. That's the idea. I, I hope that we're getting better. I hope that we I have so. better content. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So there's something I, I want to address and I want to, because it's, I've been going back and forth on Twitter for like the last four days. So let me, let me say this. I have no misconception of what I am in terms of whatever the hell this media thing is I'm, I'm doing. I'm just some dude who has like a part-time job slash hobby, you know, a cool one, but I have no misconception. I don't think I'm an insider. I don't think I'm like disconnected, but it's not me. And I mean, you know me Zane. it's laughable to even think that I would, I would think that I don't take this that seriously. I mean, I take it seriously in the sense that I want to be very professional, but it's, it's fun. You know what I mean? So I, like I said earlier, I was given some information a couple weeks ago and, and I came out with it this week that the Niners, I, I was told the Niners were interested in, in Allen Robinson and Vincent Frank, who I believe works for sports, not in Forbes. Some people may be familiar with him said the same thing. And I think a couple other people did too. But for me, it was kind of like, all right, like I'm throwing this out there. I've never done anything like that before. So it was a little bit like kind of stressful. And I knew people would be like, sort of who the hell is this guy? You know, if they weren't familiar with me saying that there's like this rumor and listen, I would never throw out something that was just an obvious thing to make it look like I had sources or pretend I have sources. Like I would never do anything like that. But I do kind of want to say this too, in the sense that like, if, if you look at the show that we've, you know, the website's grown a ton in the last year mm-hmm. and we've had, you know, players on agents on and national media and local media and announcers, obviously we've made connections and then made connections through those connections. And again, we're not, I'm not saying we're any big insiders. We're not, but we are growing a little bit in the business. And once in a while, Zane and I may hear something or Zane and I may have some information and we're not going to be insiders where, you know, come to us for breaking news. That's not us. But once in a while, we might hear something. And if it's trusted and we get the, you know, the, the go ahead to go ahead and say it, we might do it. So I don't know. People were like super, super supportive for the most part. Like I was amazed. Like there were a few people who came out and were like, dude, you're a clown. Who the hell are you type thing? Um, and then I just watched is like, a ton of people just stuck up for me. It was great. So I guess what I'm saying is I want to say thank you to like most of the fans who 99.5% of them are absolutely awesome. Awesome. So I don't know. I just felt like I needed to address it. I mean, you, you kind of saw on Twitter kind of the stuff that was going back and forth. So I don't know. I just kind of wanted to say to everybody, you know, it's not going to be something where I'm going to be like, Oh, I have all these sources. Like I, I don't with something that came up in, in listen, it may come up again with Zane and I, but I don't know. Just felt I needed to say something about it. You handled that like a champ. I mean, you handled it. You handled so? a lot better. Yeah, you handled a lot better yeah. than I would have. I, mean, I, I did see that, and and uh, yeah, I think that I want to reiterate what you just said. That we do this because we love the team. We do this because we want to see the team win. We don't want to be blowing a bunch of 
fake rumors around and and putting a bunch of fake news out there. What we what we say is either something that's been observed by us or something that we have heard from a reliable source. Like we don't for those of you who who listen to us and have listened to us and, and follow us on Twitter, you see that we don't put out news unless it actually like happens. Like we don't we don't like to we, we like to speculate because it's 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 a fun part of the show, but we don't like to put that out as like a fact, like hey, this is gonna happen. Like anytime we we say something, we we say, I feel this is gonna happen or, or in my opinion, because this is not like what we say is not gospel, right? Like what we say is 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 a couple of guys that are you know we're connected with the team and and as like some way shape or form right like we have connections within the team but based off of like what we see in terms of our football knowledge as fans and and myself playing you know way back in the day like you know the things that we say are based off of all of that and not based off of some hearsay or speculation that we may or may not hear i think that we hold ourselves to a level of integrity on on the show and as a site and and we're proud of that we're proud of what yeah. we put out there we're proud of putting our name behind what we do so i realize that people are gonna are, are not always gonna agree and and that's fine i mean we love having constructive football conversations with everybody but you know all i ask is that just keep it respectful man i mean yeah. like yeah that's the thing well we won't we won't make it personal with anybody and and we expect the same to be reciprocated to us like it's not it's not a funny thing or a person is this or that it's like hey man like if you don't respect my opinion Let's talk about it. Let's have a constructive conversation about it. But if you're just going to call me an idiot, then that's it, right? I'm just going right. to I'm just going to shut down and be like, "All right, I don't want to talk to this person anymore." I actually block two people. I don't ever block anybody. Oh, that wow. <laughs> yeah, it takes a lot for me to block somebody. I usually don't even respond. I don't like usually like I don't care for, I don't care what people say to me, but like yeah, I, that's when you know like I got a little cuz yeah, but I, they were like from like the hell was the website? I don't know, like 49er holics or something. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I blocked them. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I'm blocking more people. I'm gonna block you, maybe Zane. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I can get kind of rowdy, right? So you know, yeah, just, just little... mute me. So just you mute me, so at least I can see what you're doing, right? And then like you don't have to block me, and then like unmute me when you want to hear me talk, right? There you go. I think muting, just like the show. Muting, <laughs> <laughs> muting is the best thing, actually. Like I, I, uh, I do have one more point that I want to make about about uh, the draft, but before we get there, muting is the funniest thing because like you're just basically like mute people and they're just like wasting their time trying to respond to you and they're just yeah. like posting into thin air and like <laughs> it's it's the best because like they are still wasting their time on you but like you don't see it so they're they're just like screwed either way so i muting is 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 the thing my go-to i like that better than blocking yeah yeah i'll try that too um, i guess yeah so one last point before uh, before we wrap up kind of get the show back on back on the rails here um because we we took a nice little detour but it had it had to be done i think it had to be done definitely it's good to go on detour um, sometimes yeah absolutely it'll take the long way home um but i want to talk about solomon thomas and i think that first of all i think that he's a great guy like we had a chance to have him on the show and his dad i think he's a, a an awesome dude a stand-up guy like a guy that like like i would i would want if I if I had like a daughter, like I would want her to like date him. You know what I mean? Like he's he's that like he's like a clean cut dude. He's great he's got guy. no yep. scandal, no nothing. Like he's he's that he's he's a great guy. Just a really cool dude to talk to. You know, and and in that sense, like I'm glad that he's on the 49ers because they they need as many of those guys as possible. Now I want to I want to you know kind of move on to like the the playing part of it and, and the performance part of it. And and if you have noticed, the 49ers are in the market for a pass rusher, and they're both looking at them in the draft they looked at davenport they looked at uh the dude from from um 
Boston College Landry. Um, they're looking at some of these guys, like they're looking at uh, they're looking at Tremaine Edmonds as well, a guy that can rush the passer. Um, and it seems as if they're having to redraft for that Leo position that Solomon Thomas was supposed to play. And it makes that pick last year. And I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but it's not hindsight when you were against the pick in the beginning. Like that's that's basically what our stance was. Like both you and I, Al, were, were we we were curious about that pick. We mm-hmm. we were scratching our heads at that pick. And this is why is because like they drafted him to be the Leo, but he didn't fit that position. Like he's a much better interior defender than he is a, a pass rusher. I think he has a, he'll have a spot beside Buckner and they'll be really good together. But like they drafted him to rush the passer mostly, and he didn't really he didn't really pan out that way in the first season. And they're having to double down on that and pick that position again. And I mean, did, I mean, to you, Al, does that seem like a miss to you then? If they're having to to address it again this year? Well, see, I never thought Thomas was a pure pass rush type guy. I think he actually had a decent amount of pressures last year, but it certainly didn't seem like he was consistently getting to the quarterback. He, I mean, he wasn't consistently getting to the quarterback. Quarterback. And, and yeah, when they took him, I, I was surprised because. I thought he was going to be a solid player. I still do. I think he's going to be a very good player, and I think he's going to take a, a jump this year. But like you said, they had, you know, it was different regimes, but they had taken inside-type players the past two years, and they really needed a pass rusher. So it, it was a curious pick in that sense, and it still is because, look, they're still trying to figure this pass rush thing out. And maybe they get someone this year and, and Thomas takes off and Thomas and Buckner and, and this new edge player end up, you know, dominating in the trenches. But but I agree with you. We so we love Solomon Thomas. We've had him on the show. He was he was he was wonderful, right? He was he was super nice and respectful. Yeah, he, was. He, he was great. And we think he's gonna also be a very, very good football player. When you looked at the need of the team, it, it is a little bit curious and Am I glad Solomon Thompson on the team? Yeah, I am because I think he's going to be a good player. I think he's a good locker room guy. I think all that stuff. But you look at needs for the Niners, like you said, they're still looking to get this edge player. And if if they don't do it this year, they, you know, they could disappoint this year. They need to figure out the pass rush, and they need to figure it out soon. They do, and I think that the, the, ultimately, I think that he's going to be. They're going to they're going to flip him inside and put him next to Buckner, which is going to be a really really good spot. For- and I think that they'll they'll form a really nice tandem inside because Solomon Thomas, as a run defender, he's really good. He was actually one of the better, if not the best, rookie run defender in the league last year, according to Pro Football Focus. So I think that he's got a future definitely on the defensive line as a as a run stuffer and maybe an interior pass rusher. But I think that they obviously do have to address that that Leo position. And and as Matt Barrow said, you don't really have a lot in free agency. So you're going to, you're probably gonna have to do it through the draft. And luckily there are a lot of guys that, that will be available at that point um, at number nine that, that they'll be able to get, but I don't want to, I don't want to burn our draft show just yet. So I'm just going to leave it at that and leave everybody, leave everybody hanging. Yeah. And in next show, we, I know we've been doing um, every couple of weeks in the off season, but you know, we'll, we'll definitely be back next week because there's going to be so much free agent stuff happening. So I can't um, wait. Yeah, it's going to be great. So you can expect something from us sooner than later, which I'm, I'm really excited about. And follow us on Twitter because we're going to be tweeting like crazy and we're going to be all over this at AlSacco49, at Zane49ers. Um, and I won't even block you. <laughs> no, but we, <laughs> we, no, we do. We, we, again, we love going back and forth with the fans and it's going to be a lot of fun the next week. And, and, and Zane and I are going to be talking to everybody and answering questions and, and really getting after this. So it's going to be a good time. Uh, we definitely can't wait. And until then... For Zane Nakvi, this is Al Sacco. We will talk to you soon. Peace.